This podcast is sponsored by the Social Enterprise and Crowdfunding Conference. Learn more at secfc.co. Welcome to Your Mark on the World, bringing you another changemaker with champion of social good, Devin D. Thorpe. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Your Mark on the World show. I'm Devin Thorpe. I'm a Forbes contributor covering social entrepreneurship and impact investing. And on this show, we have social entrepreneurs, CEOs, celebrities, and other thought leaders join us uh, about five times a week. And today, we're fortunate to have with us Aaron Hurst, who is the CEO and founder of Imperative, and he's also the author of The Purpose Economy. He is really one of the great thought leaders now in the field of social entrepreneurship. So we're very fortunate to have Aaron with us this morning. Aaron, thank you very much for joining us. It's a real pleasure to have you here. No, excited to join you. I'm looking forward to the conversation. Well, Aaron, uh, I, I, I'm eager to talk about your book, The Purpose Economy, and some of your philosophy. But before we go there, I think we need to understand your ambition with Imperative and what you're hoping to do. You, I've heard you talk about this as a potential alternative or replacement for LinkedIn, especially for millennials looking to build careers with more purpose. Tell us about what Imperative is. Yeah, no, it's like to do that. And I think uh, at the core is just an understanding of how work has radically changed, right? And especially with the millennial generation, um, work is radically different than it was even five or ten years ago. Uh, with the millennial generation, we're looking at a generation that, on average, is spending two years in a job, right? I'm looking at a generation that is looking to learn, earn, and return all at the same time. It doesn't see those as separate stages of life, but sees them all as integrated into one, one stage of life. We're seeing a generation that by the end of this decade will be the majority of our workforce and 40% of them will be doing freelance work and portfolio work, not in jobs as you know, we traditionally thought of jobs. And this demands like a really different way of approaching our careers. We can no longer look to schools, we can no longer look to employers to help manage our careers. We really have to fully put that in our own hands. Uh, we fully need the support to be able to do that, right? Um, and there's a lot of tools out there for managing your network, managing your resume, um, connecting with folks, but there's no tool out there to really manage your career. Um, and this is what the millennial generation is going to need to do to be successful and what they're looking to do is to manage their career and to really be set up to do that from the you know, first day of college all the way through to um, whatever retirement means for the millennial generation. And that's really what Imperative is aiming to do is to be that ongoing resource as you're switching freelance gigs, learning, earning, and returning um, going between employers to have that constant thread, that ability to manage and enable you to realize your potential throughout that whole time. So is it going to replace LinkedIn? I don't think it's really parallel to LinkedIn necessarily. It's a whole new resource that's about being almost like your virtual coach, your virtual platform for managing your career through those dozens of jobs and projects that you're doing and ensuring you're having the impact you want to have in the world, um, being able to generate the resources you want to have in the world. Um, to thrive. And that's really what our goal is with Imperative. And we're only just beginning. Um, we started last November. Um, we're really launching a full platform early this fall. Um, it's really going to help people start to do that. And at the core of that is purpose, because we're finding that people, whether they want financial success, uh, prestige, 
um, or impact or all of the above. Self-awareness and purpose and knowing that is the key to success. And we're going to really help people have the ability to manage their careers through the lens of purpose. Um, so that's our small goal. <laughs> it's, a, it's no small goal. Now, but let's talk about how you frame purpose. Uh, you know, I, I'm not sure that we're thinking necessarily about purpose in exactly the same way, so I want to make sure that we are at least understanding one another. The, you make the point in your book, and it's a brilliant book, uh, The Purpose Economy, you make the point that Philip Morris has a purpose. You yeah. talk passionately about the purpose of companies like Airbnb, and you note, of course, that there is an obvious purpose when you're talking about a company or an organization like uh, United Way. How do you compare and contrast the purpose of those organizations and think about really what is the most powerful purpose, or, how, or does it matter what the purpose is? Yeah, I think there's a couple different ideas that are sort of in there, right? So the first one is the difference between individual purpose and organizational purpose, right? At an individual level, the science points to a very different definition of purpose than at least I was trained in, um, and our platform is being built on this sort of more scientific understanding of it, which is purpose isn't about a cause, it isn't about um, a mission statement, if you will, it's about relationships, it's about doing something greater than yourself, and it's about personal ongoing growth. And to have those things in your career are the things that fuel you and give you the energy, the protein, if you will, um, to be successful. And people who are wildly successful however you define that word, are doing it through those three things. That is what drives that. That's what gives you purpose. And what our research has shown is that people get purpose from different things. What gives me purpose may or may not be the same as what gives you purpose, Devin. And when we become more self-aware about that, we can start intentionally managing our career around that. Um, and it's vital to the lifeblood of our careers to manage around that kind of purpose. It's the who, how, and why of what gives you purpose. On the flip side, you look at organizational purpose and how organizations think about purpose. Um, organizations have purpose, um, which is basically their intention or what they're trying to do in the world, which is different than whether or not they deliver purpose to their employees and what different than whether or not they deliver purpose to their customers. And what I write about in the book is that the companies that are going to be successful in this next era, the criteria isn't do you have a purpose. The question is are you delivering purpose to your employees, as I defined it earlier, around relationships, doing something greater than yourself, and personal growth, and are you doing the same thing for your customers, right? So while Philip Morris may have a purpose, um, they may not be delivering purpose to their employees, and I would argue they certainly aren't delivering purpose to their um, customers. They're actually uh, getting in the way of their fulfillment of purpose. So the organizations that are really going to thrive in this next economy are ones like Airbnb, like Etsy, et cetera, that are really part of this purpose economy and are basing uh, what they do on that. The... Uh... I want to follow up on that. It seems that uh, even within this broader definition of purpose, yeah. that there are your definition could potentially include uh, some very uh, selfish, if you will, mindsets. Uh, and on the, on that same spectrum, you would have others that have a very other focused. Uh, or selfless kind of purpose, and I wonder, uh, do you see those as equally valid, or do you do you see uh, society moving to a more other-focused purpose mindset? How do you think about that? That's a, that's a leading count, leading question, counselor. Um, 
no, like obviously, I think within this economy, first of all, purpose in and of itself, just like information and in the information economy, information isn't good or bad, right? And the information economy, which we're currently sort of in the last decade or two of, um, has produced incredible benefits for society, but it's also created, um, you know, incredibly uh, dysfunctional banking system in many ways, dysfunctional media and dysfunctional political system. I mean, it's had a lot of things that it's created dysfunction in, right? Um, at the same time, it's also democratized much more of the world. It's provided the ability to get access to so much more knowledge of people. Um, purpose economy and purpose is not in of itself like a like Pollyannish utopic idea. I think per the creation of purpose can be used for good or bad. Um, it's based on your values and what you put on top of that, right? Um, I think though that companies that are focused on delivering purpose to their, their employees can be doing that through products and services they're ultimately delivering that are not positive, right? Um, but to deliver purpose to their uh, customers, you're gonna find many more of them are de facto having to do things that are aligned with our needs as human beings and aligned with the needs of the planet. Um, so I think we're gonna see much more of this economy being towards these positive ends. But purpose, having purpose in and of itself, there's plenty of things that give you purpose that um, give you short-term purpose at a long-term cost, right? And we can easily manipulate people around purpose as well. So I don't wanna position this as a utopia. Um, it's very much like just the next stage or evolution where more and more people, and especially with the millennial generation, are saying, I'm, my greatest fear now is a life without meaning, a career without meaning. Um, and I saw this in running the Taproot Foundation, being the founder of that over 12 years. People are less and less scared of the idea of not having a roof over their head or not knowing where their next meal is coming from. They're scared of a life that doesn't matter. And I think the companies that are able to provide that as an employer or as a provider of goods and services are going to tap into this incredible reservoir of talent and financial resources. Uh, you know, the, as I read your book and read about the work you were doing at yeah. Taproot, it, it really resonated with me as being such a rich, purpose-filled organization. Tell us a little bit about your experience and what you learned about purpose at Taproot. And, and you probably yeah. should start by telling people what Taproot was, for those who may not know. Yeah, absolutely. So I started Taproot in 2001, and the goal was to ensure every nonprofit had access to the market technology, HR, strategy, support that companies rely on, but that nonprofits often don't have access to. Um, and we worked to build out a marketplace for pro bono services, um, which by the time I left was about a $15 billion market in the U.S., and then affiliates around the world. Um, and at the core was about engaging business professionals, either directly through Taproot, through companies, universities, et cetera, and donating their skills in a very professional way to help nonprofits meet that need. Um, and what, I learned a lot of things. I think one thing I learned was that People are insanely generous when it comes to their time when they feel like they're getting purpose. Uh, people are willing to trade off financial compensation for purpose. And in fact, we're creating this whole sort of secondary um, market in which it's not about cash, it's actually about the transfer of talent. Um, and that people are willing to do that when you can deliver them a high purpose experience. What ultimately led me to leave Taproot um, was the fact that we heard from just about every one of these professionals that their pro bono work was so much more rewarding and powerful to them than their day job. And at first I thought, that's amazing, right? We created this Disneyland for purpose. Uh, but what ended up happening is we realized it was just that. It was a Disneyland. And the people had to go back to the reality, and that reality wasn't good enough. And that's why I started Imperative, is because I believe that we can make work work for human beings. We can do a much better job, and that's why I'm now focused on making all work feel like pro bono work. And that's what our platform's aiming to do, is to manage your career so that all your work feels like pro bono work. 
Well, it is a, a wonderful and exciting uh, time that we are engaged in. It's a wonderful movement. It's a wonderful trend. It's a, it's an exciting observation that you've made here about the purpose economy and as it develops. And and I'm certainly eager to see that uh, progress. What do you see as being the next steps? How do you see the world evolving as people engage with imperative, they read your book. What, what does this portend for the next 5, 10, 20 years? Yeah, I, mean, I think it's a couple of things. I think it's a reshaping of a lot of our institutions. It's not going to happen overnight, but the millennial generation is really driving these changes. And we see it at basically three levels. One is the individual level, and that's really about individuals identifying what drives purpose for them and being advocates for and shaping a reality that's about that kind of purpose, right? And getting that type of purpose, which is gonna to lead to a more actualized, self-aware, politically active uh, generation. So I think that's one piece. Um, and starting to make much better decisions, whether it's about which job they take, whether it's about how they spend their free time, et cetera, because they'll understand what actually drives purpose for them and be much more values-oriented. Second is at an organizational level. The companies we're working with now, um, who are like clamoring to work with Imperative, are doing so because they're realizing that just like the companies that thrived in this last era, they need to embrace this new era. Um, they've got to fully integrate purpose into what they're doing. And having a foundation of volunteering is just the ante that's not making this change. Um, and we're working with them and really looking at companies changing the way they approach talent, the way they approach leadership, um, but also changing the way they approach their customers and realizing that goods and services are becoming a commodity. It's the ability to add purpose to them, which is going to make them stand out with this next generation. And then at a societal level, what we're really seeing is that cities are starting to make this a priority. And we're not working with mayors, we're working with city leaders around the world to think about not how do you be Silicon Valley, but instead how do you become the epicenter of this new economy, right? An economy based on values, not just on transactions, right? A very different place than Silicon Valley, but with the same incredible opportunity for growth, innovation, et cetera. Um, and we're going to really see cities, I think, looking less and less at how do we become the silicon forest, lake, field, alley, whatever that uh, term is, and more saying how do we become a city that brings purpose to our people? How do we start measuring purpose, not just GDP, and like well-being? Um, how are we starting to create an environment that's about um, enabling human beings to thrive? Um, this is a natural evolution of where we're going, and it's not going to all just happen overnight. I think we're 10 to 20 years away from this really becoming the dominant driver because um, at that point, millennials will be the majority of the workforce, the majority of consumers. It'll be their world. And this is the world they're trying to create. And we're just trying to build the technology and the thought leadership platform to enable them to work their magic, which, God, we need that now more than ever. Well, I, I certainly uh, am excited to see that world roll out. Uh, you're going to be speaking at a couple of conferences here in Salt Lake City uh, or that Salt Lake area and, uh, this fall. I'm excited. One of those will be the social enterprise and crowdfunding conference that I'm organizing on September 26th at Snowbird. You'll also be speaking at uh, the Impact Investment Leaders Conference, uh, Impact Utah, right? Yeah, it's all part of uh, what you and I and others have been working on about creating Purpose Economy Week in Utah. Um, and Utah is such an amazing place for purpose. I mean, the time I've spent there over the last year has just been incredibly inspiring to see the commitment to the idea of the purpose economy, the commitment to the idea of having Utah really be a capital in this new economy and looking at it in terms of impact investing, which is the fastest growing asset class 
um, today um, in our economy, which is incredibly exciting, a sign of this change, but also in citizen-based funding, crowdfunding, um, et cetera, where we're no longer just relying on institutions, we're disintermediating uh, investment to enable us to fund each other um, and to enable us to be inspired to actually make a difference through um, investing our money where we believe the greatest change can happen. These are two of the most promising sort of areas of growth, and I feel like this week we're going to have in Utah is going to be such a phenomenal launchpad for sort of the next phase of that conversation. So thrilled to be coming out for it. Well, we, we're glad you'll be here. It's going to be a fun, fun week and uh, an exciting time, and certainly it portends the potential of uh, of uh, what we're talking about today to see this evolution. Yeah, sure. in the a lot of people I don't think know enough about how incredible Utah is around us right now. I mean, just the fact that it's the youngest state in our nation. Um, this is where millennials represent, and will represent the majority of people faster than anywhere else. Um, it's a community that's fundamentally based on volunteerism and service. It's a community that's fundamentally also based on being global in perspective, and many of the people there have traveled around the world are multilingual. Um, it's an incredible place, and it's also got incredible investment by you know the wealthy folks um, in that area in building the infrastructure of this new economy. So I think a lot of people don't have Salt Lake City on their radar, and they need to. I mean, it's really remarkable. And anyone who's serious about the purpose economy, I think, really needs to come to Utah and see what you guys are doing. Well, I, I, as a Utahn, I appreciate that pitch. So <laughs> thank <laughs> you very much. And I, we certainly look forward to having you come out and speak at the conference. It's going to be fantastic. It'll be a great week. Uh, Aaron, tell people where they can uh, buy your book and how they can engage and what it costs to sign up for Imperative. Yeah, so um, you know the book's available in most places. Amazon's always the default. You can download it on iTunes, etc. Um, Imperative.com, we've got a diagnostic on there that helps you determine what drives purpose for you. In a couple of weeks, we'll be adding a whole new release with some really exciting functionality I'm excited to share. Um, but just go to Imperative.com and sign up. And for companies that are interested in becoming purpose economy companies and working with us to embed this technology in their organization, um, be in touch. I mean, uh, my email address is Aaron at imperative.com. And whether you're a company, city leader, or just an individual looking to, to maximize purpose in your life, um, it's my life's work to make that happen. So um, I'm standing behind you. I'm your fan. I want to make it happen. Fantastic. Aaron, thank you very much for your time today. It's been a real joy to have you. Look forward to seeing you in Salt Lake. Alrighty. Thanks, Aaron. Let's do some good. Thank you for listening. This podcast was recorded via Google Hangouts on Air and is available at youtube.com forward slash Devinthorpe. Subscribe to this podcast on Stitcher or iTunes by searching for Your Mark on the World. Every weekday, Devin hosts a CEO celebrity, entrepreneur, or other changemaker here on the Your Mark on the World show to inspire and prepare you to make your mark. Devin is a champion of social good, writing about, advocating for, and advising people who are doing good. He is a Forbes contributor who is a recognized thought leader in social entrepreneurship, impact investing, and crowdfunding. To book Devin as a speaker, visit devinthorpe.com. Learn more about Devin's work at yourmarkontheworld.com.
The one-of-a-kind social enterprise and crowdfunding conference on September 26, 2014 at the spectacular Snowbird Resort near Salt Lake City will bring together leaders from across the country in social entrepreneurship, impact investing, and crowdfunding. Register before August 31 for just $60 at secfc.co. The roster of speakers will include Rodney Sampson, author of Kingonomics, Francis Batista, the leading animal rights advocate, and other luminaries. See the full list of speakers at secfc.co. Social entrepreneurs attending the conference will have the opportunity to pitch real investors at the conference. Nonprofit leaders will also be given an opportunity to make a pitch for microgrants and to conduct a one-day crowdfunding campaign during the event. Learn more at secfc.co.